We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotobiz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week 16. It's the start sit show. Uh, our times are all over the place the last couple of weeks, Dave, but people keep showing up and the questions keep pouring in uh, regardless. Obviously, with the holidays coming, you know, schedules start to get tight in the evenings. And, you know, I think people would like to have their questions answered as soon as possible. And of course, we want to be efficient too so we can get back to the family. So um, we are going to be you know, economic in this episode. We're going to hit a lot of the uh, questions that came into the Rotoviz uh, email. People really getting a lot of questions in this week. You know, it's uh, semifinals week in, in, in most fantasy football leagues. And we know we still have some uh, listeners that are definitely very live in some of the big tournaments too. So we're going to answer as many of these as we can get to. And maybe if there's time, Dave, we'll even answer one of our own start sit conundrums uh, with, with our teams here. But uh, loving the Christmas sweater oh, today. I did not pull back out my Santa hat for today. I thought my hair was looking pretty good. I didn't want to mess it up. It, it is looking uh, good. I, I went into a party actually at my daughter's school to help out. So that's the, that's why I have it on. I love came, it. came back from here and my camera finally came into focus now. So it's on full display. We got some reindeer. We got Santa trees, other various Christmas items. It's it's beautiful, man. You'll be bringing the Christmas cheer to these uh, these lineup uh, questions here. So let's just get into it, man. Um, as always, we're going to reference some of our game level similarity projections, which take into account similar uh, matchups against similar defenses by similar players, uh, and give us some uh, kind of a broad lens of what to expect from some players. And then we'll we'll get into the specific player element too when we're really uh, stumped here. We're using the NFL Stat Explorer matchup analysis tab, which takes the specific game this weekend that we're talking about and some of the uh, recent performances. So, um, Dave, let's just get into it with a, a, a question that I think is pretty interesting because we had Brees Hall lay a total stinker last week. Jalen Warren has been a little bit more on the back burner uh, over the past month as uh, compared to the heater that he was on in November. And then Ty Chandler, you know, the big breakout game last week. So we got to pick two out of Brees Hall, Jalen Warren, and Ty Chandler. Sure. So I think we just immediately will go in to the comparison tab. Uh, Brees, who do you want to look at first? Brees Hall versus maybe Chandler? Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, I think those are the, 
Those are the two front runners so for me. This is actually kind of an interesting thing to see here, Curtis. Um, you actually have Ty Chandler matching Brees Hall in the above 25 bucket. 6% of Chandlers get in the 20 to 25 bucket, none for Hall. You also have 14% in the 15 to 20 bucket for Chandler here, just 6% for Hall. Chandler with an average PPR of 9.9, and you have an average PPR for Hall of 9.1. Now, most weeks, this would be a pretty easy decision here i think you would say yeah there's a little bit of difference here but it's not enough of a disparity to go away from hall uh that said it's hard to forget what we saw the last two weeks still though curtis i'm inclined to say that i'm sending out Brees hall there against the commanders yeah yeah uh, we, we are we are yeah i don't uh, know if we need to drill in anymore here the, the commanders have allowed nine touchdowns to running backs over the past five weeks that's 1.8 per week uh, in each of the past five weeks, an opposing running back has scored at least 19.7 PPR against the commanders. And there are three instances in the last four weeks of 25 PPR plus against this defense. You know, I, I know the Jets offense is floundering and, and Breeze had a bad week last week. And, you know, I wouldn't blame anyone for, you know, being a little gun shy on him, but you're you're rolling my, I mean, he's going to score a touchdown this weekend, Dave. I'll call, I'll call the shot. I mean, Brees Hall scoring a touchdown for sure. Wow. Um, and, I, and assuming that Madison's out, I'm starting Ty Chandler over Jalen Warren just due to roll and not splitting up the touches. So if Madison plays, it becomes a little bit more of a toss-up. So we can quickly look at this one just as a bailout. Sure. Um, so, but you know, I think the default is to start Chandler here over Warren. Yeah, I agree with that. If you look very similar distributions, uh, an average of 10.2 for Jalen Warren, average of 9.9 for Ty Chandler. Uh, we see Warren edge him out a little bit uh, across the distribution. That said, though, Chandler does have a 10% uh, delta in his favor in the percentage of matches that found the end zone via rushing. So it is a little bit of a toss-up. You have Minnesota playing against Detroit. Um, this is a matchup I like a little bit more for the pass catchers on Minnesota because I think the, the fantasy points that we do see get accrued by that offense likely get scored by its pass catchers as opposed to its running backs. I think I would give, if Madison plays, the lean towards Warren. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. I, I'm not really pumped about this Steelers backfield at all right, uh, right now. So we're on, this, we're on the same page here. I think we beat this one up enough. Okay. Now you're going to have to help me with this next one, Dave, because I've just got this long, long list of players. So, like how many, how many, uh, so yeah. uh, just PSA, PSA here real quick before we address this one. So anybody listening, whether it's on the podcast or if, if you're watching the live stream, if you want to get good, quick advice from us and, and you want to ensure that we'll answer your question, like, Sending us your entire roster and then having us set your whole lineup. That's not really the, it's not what we're, I mean, start we'll sit show you. that doesn't work right off season we'll, we'll podcasts, off season podcasts. You can sit, send in as much information as you can, but for start sit, this is, this is a tough one yeah. to digest. If you want me to break down your dynasty roster in March, you know, this, this is, this is the right way to do it. <laughs> but for start sit show, man, we got like a hundred people that we're trying to hit, you know, Set, set your own lineup and then give us the one or two people that you're really, you know, concerned about. And we'll, we'll break that down. I, I will, I will cut through the mess here, Dave, and say, 
you know, let's just assume that we're starting two running backs and three wide receivers uh, for this squad. We're starting two running backs, uh, three wide receivers, two flex and a super flex. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm just not going to go through all that. Yeah. I hear you. It's just not, it's just not, it's not happening. So um, I, I actually can say this too, as I'm looking through this, I don't really think they bolded the players they're thinking about. I really don't see many decision points here. I think that what they have in bold uh, is where what I would go. So his main question, no, he did, he did, that. he did give us his main questions are, okay. uh, in the super flex spot. If he should go with somebody like Howell, which I guess it's a tough game for him to some degree playing the jets or someone with high upside, uh, like a Chan. Uh, he says he feels bad not throwing a guaranteed touches from a quarterback in the super flex slot, but realistically, he was a better shot at 20, 30, or even 40 points. Uh, so I kind of get I kind of get what he's going at there. Uh, so let's just boil it down to that, Curtis. Um, I will show you what we're looking at for Sam Howell. Now, I do know that the GLSP actually gives him, if you look at all players, he does slip into... Okay, yeah, so it's not it, he does slip into the top 15 here against the Jets, despite it being a tougher matchup, does get 18% of his matches beyond 25. Uh, we see an average of 17.6, expected to go for like 244 yards, 1.4 touchdowns. The thing here, though, that's going to make this a little bit tougher is that a Chan is the highest rated running back this week. Now, granted, you still have some games in here really elevating him, but 60% of his match is finding the end zone against defenses like Dallas. Should go for around 15 carries, 76 yards. Uh, Gets 8% of his matches beyond 25. Sounds like you had a comment already. Well, I mean, the Jets, I mean, the Jets held Tua under like 15 points last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not feeling great. I mean, even if Howell hadn't been benched last week, I mean, in Riverboat, Ron's just up to his old tricks here. Right. He's just, I mean, what does it accomplish at this point to put Jacoby Brissett into that game? I mean, it just doesn't, I, I don't see the the point. Um, I think he he mentioned that he has Bailey Zappi on this ras- roster. Yeah, he did, yeah. I, I mean, I actually would, I would consider going there. Um, Denver has been pretty susceptible uh, over the past couple of weeks, not necessarily always to uh, super high-end quarterbacks either. I mean, Josh Dobbs had a 20-point game. Um, DTR in a uh, in a tough spot when the Browns were on their two-week West Coast trip, put up 15 points. Uh, Stroud in a partial game, I think it was, 21 points. They did hold Easton Stick to nine points two weeks, two weeks ago. I think Zappi's been a little bit more successful than what we saw from Stick in that start. And then Jared Goff just torched this Denver team last week. Of course, that's an elite offense in Detroit. But I, I would almost, if I was going to go quarterback over a uh, uh, over a Chan, I would I would actually take Zappy uh, over Howell just because of the the lack of the risk of of getting benched. I guess. Mm, okay, um, I think the final in, win- in the matchup in the matchup. So I mean, could- the Jets matchup's brutal. Yeah. Can we just put this context on it, though? Uh, if you were purely looking for upside, who do you think has more upside in this case, Zappy or Achan? No, Achan. For sure. Okay. So I think we've yeah. answered that. If- I, didn't know we were, I didn't know we were doing this against the running backs. Case in point, don't send 30 players in and ask us to sort it out. Yeah, there's a lot to sort out here. I think, <laughs> I think we've answered their question, though, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think we've, we've given enough. Uh, I apologize, um, you know. But uh, we're, we have a lot to get through to through for this one because a ton of people sent in emails, which is great. 
All right, we do have we have a, a live chat coming in from Adam. Adam was on the show, you know, last couple of weeks yep. here. Sup, fellows, I'm back. Garrett Wilson versus Cooper Cup versus Deion. <sighs> Pick three out of five here. Um, so let's go to our GLSP uh, rankings, and we'll, let's just look at the rankings there, and we we can default and see if anybody you know falls out. I don't think that we have time to put the head to heads here on all of these. No, so it's it's Wilson Cup, Adams, Metcalf, Diggs. Um, Metcalf does look pretty good against the mm-hmm. Titans um, this week from a GLSP perspective. He's been, he's been playing well. Garrett Wilson, we do know um, from working on the passing game matchup, Raider has a very fantastic matchup for him um, in his matchup with the Commanders. Of course, you do have some level of, of question here of the type of quarterback play that you might get. Nonetheless, I think that Wilson makes a strong case to be in here could have a wide receiver one week, uh, which would leave us looking here, Curtis at Adams or Diggs, unless you wanted to push back on that, but I'm going to quickly punch in Adams and Diggs here for the comparison. You have Devonte Adams. You've got Stefan Diggs, And if we look at their averages, very much in favor of of Adams with an average here this week of 16 PPR to digs 12.7 um, across the distributions to a pretty stark contrast in the 15 to 25 range significantly in favor of Adams. So if you were only going off of GLSP, I think that you would have to leave Adams in there. So I think that's the backdrop here. I think that we have Metcalf in there and, um, the other names you could choose from. I think that I actually would give a lean here towards Adams. You have Cooper cup in. It does not look like as great of a matchup for him. And I actually hate to leave Diggs out. So I think I end up, even though I talked, you know, positively about Wilson going with Diggs in over Wilson. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, we've got to sit too, right? I mean, I, I'll sit Wilson on three. the quarterback. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I'm not sitting Cooper Cup. Okay. I mean, Cooper Cup scored touchdowns in three straight weeks. He's had at least eight targets in three straight games. In the last two weeks, I mean, he had eight catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, he looks like he's like back. Like him and him and Stafford are vibing. I'm not. I, I mean, I think he's back to his matchup proof ways. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not starting him there. I mean, I, I, as much as it pains me to say it, I mean, you know, the Bills are big road favorites against the Chargers. And Diggs has been, you know, rather cold of late. I, I mean, I, I would be tempted to, to sit Wilson and Diggs here, given what you found for us on Metcalf and Adams. I would probably start the middle three here, Cup, Adams, and, and Metcalf. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have enough of a level of pushback. And I mean, very honestly, this is one of those where, to a large extent, it kind of is a, is a coin flip. Awesome quintet of receivers there. That's obviously yep. why this guy's in the, in the semifinals. Sure. So great, great job, Adam. Uh, three spots for four guys. Bijan Robinson. Whew, what a frustrating player. Uh, <laughs> Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, and uh, Chan. Okay, so Chan highest in the GLSP this week. Yep. Uh, yep. You have Gibbs in the top eight. It looks like, uh, and you also have here Robinson coming in at number two. Uh, three spots for four guys. We have to leave one out of these. I think we've talked about Hall a little bit already. I think that you're going to go with him, Gibbs, and a Chan. I mean, at this point, I think that you'd have the most concern about Bijan. Uh, I'll let you push back on that if you want, though. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a. I agree that a Chan and Gibbs are in here, and it comes down to sitting one of of uh, Bijan or uh, Brees. And they both have great matchups. I mean, Robinson is is a home, a slight home favorite against the Colts. You know, this is a big time game for both teams, um, and especially for the Colts. And I mean, the Colts have allowed some big games. I mean, Derrick Henry got there on them. Uh, Joe Mixon got there I on them. Change my answer, over actually. The, yep. Over the, the course of the past couple of weeks, but you just can't. I mean, Arthur Smith is just. Like he's just yeah. a fantasy lineup ruiner. And I mean, I, I like, I'm just to the point where I don't know what, what to do with it. I don't know if he'll have rabbit ears and say, you know, he, he obviously he's already gone yo-yo on the quarterback again. Yep. And we're going to have Taylor Heineke out there. I mean, will he listen to all of the complaints about the lack of touches for Robinson and in London and Pitts last week, you know, like all the best players were not touching the ball. I mean, you know, Robinson only had seven attempts last week rushing attempts and you know three targets i i don't so, know i mean they, they are they are two good matchups but i would i would probably start Brees. it's a coin flip i i'll i'll go with Brees over over robinson if you feel differently i'm well, not gonna probably fight you. no i think i know that's what the answer should be the only tough thing is when you look in the glsp and you see that 60 percent of players like robinson found the end zone this week we get just 10 percent of Hall finding it and actually in as a, in receiving work. Of course, you did guarantee us a Brees Hall touchdown this week. So we're going to go Hall. Yeah. Robinson's on the bench. 
Okay. Okay. We've got a, a oh, some dynasty uh, stuff coming in here. I can see some dynasty teams in the championship uh, late into the playoffs, rather. Pick one. So we got TriFlex settings. So for those of you following along, FFPC, it's tight end premium. Darren Waller, OBJ, Wandale Robinson, Ramondre, or Devin Singletary. He's leaning towards starting Singletary, understandably. Um, I don't think I can get there on... I don't think I can get there on Ramondre, Wandale, or OBJ. Why don't we why don't we throw Singletary in versus Waller uh, just with the tight end premium settings here, just to, you know, for the exercise? Sure. And then Waller will have to drill in on here quickly. If you just look at their averages in PPR, you have Singletary favored by around two points. Their distributions also favor Singletary with him having a bit more in the high end, actually 14% more in the beyond 25 bucket. But the mm-hmm. final piece we have to layer in here is that's not looking at the tight end premium component. So Waller's average projection puts him at 5.2 receptions on 7.4 targets. Uh, so he'd pick up, you know, an extra almost enough that it kind of brings this to more or less even Curtis, I think here, uh, 20% of Waller's matches finding the end zone uh, as well. So it really comes down to what do you think you can trust more? Waller to come back and be able to do some of the, you know, the second week now, maybe get a little bit more work or Singletary to carry forward some of the things that we've seen him do now the back half of the year. Yeah. I mean, Singletary does have a really tough matchup against Cleveland. Um, You know, it's a home game, they're home dogs, but you know, he has been involved in the receiving game um, of late and the the Browns are, are not as tough there as they are in actually the, the rushing uh, production against opposing running backs. So, I mean, they're very middling in terms of what they allow from a receiving perspective. In four of the past five weeks, they've allowed at least four receptions to opposing uh, running backs and, and actually six and five over the past two weeks. So, I mean, you know, I think that even if he has an inefficient day on the ground, um, his role, I mean, he had 26 carries last week. Um, and he was getting peppered. We still don't know if Stroud's going to be back. Right. So that's the other thing. Like if Stroud doesn't play, then I think they're in a situation where, you know, he gets all the dink and dunk usage again. The receivers so are banged way, up too. Yeah. There's just ways for him to get bailed out. I think that the offense, even with Stroud back probably has to lean on him. I would just feel better about going there than, than gambling on, on Darren Waller uh, and the giants. I agree. So you're going with Singletary. Yeah, let's go with Singletary. I think I think the listener was right there. Um, PPR non-tight end premium. Okay, sit one. Uh, Puka, DK, or or Rice. Oh, wow. Yeah, current leanest to sit Puka. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Again, that's another one where it's you know clear why this team is still playing in the semifinals week. Right. So let's just look then at Puka versus Rice to start this off. And then I'll let you say a couple of things while I pop into the passing game matchup reader to confirm something. Uh, if you look this week, I know that the GLSP does like Rice. It actually has him with an average of 15.8 versus Puka's 10.3. As a result, we see Rice much more well distributed at the top end. And the final thing that I'll say in the matchup this week uh, for the Rams is 
is that the defense that they are playing, they're playing New Orleans, right? Yeah, I believe it's New Orleans. New Orleans yeah. is not favorable against the slot, which we're, we've seen Puka do so much of his work. As a result of this, I had a lean towards Rice. Haven't looked him up in the passing game matchup Raider yet, but I'm saying for you me, it's most likely... To, okay, it's Rice and Metcalf. Uh, Rice Rice is hot. I mean, this Chiefs offense needs him. Like, I'm sitting Puka here too. Okay. Um, you know, there, we already said that we, we like Cup to be a little bit more uh, invincible this this week, given uh, how he's looked the last couple. I mean, there's not, there probably isn't going to be room for multiple Rams receivers to get there. And I mean, of course we could be on the wrong side of this one. Maybe it'll be Puka and, and not Cooper cup, but you know, the saints defense has been really stingy uh, to overall uh, wide receiver production from uh, opposing teams. There's, there's typically been like, you know, one guy get into that 15 point range per week, but yes. it's not, it's not like a, a full position group is putting it on them um, right. in any given week. So, I, yeah, right. let, I think, again, you know, listeners got this one right. Lean towards it, Puka. I think we could get a double stamp from us here. Perfect. All right, another question for us, Curtis. Yeah, start one, DeAndre Swift, uh, Achan, or Brees? Um, oh, and he's just saying that the reason he's only starting one of those backs is because he wants to play Jeez. McBride and Loporta in the flex spot. Okay. Uh, I'm going to assume this is maybe an FFPC team too, because that even strengthens strengthens that argument. So I think this comes down to Swift versus Breeze. Uh, you've sure. already said a chain is really favorable in the GLSP this week. Yes. So we see Swift coming in with an average stat line here of around 12 attempts, 57 yards, 50% of his matches finding the end zone on the ground, adding probably another two receptions. Uh, most largely distributed in the 10 to 15 bucket with 32% of his matches in there. Um, his upside is likely comparable to what we're seeing with Brees, according to the GLSP. I would argue, though, that um, I don't know. When you look at it here, Curtis, like I want to say Hall, but I think that um, I think that Swift actually might be the answer here. Do you have a yeah, strong lean? I think I would go with Swift over Hall in yeah. this context. Um, the Eagles are big. Big favorites. He got 18 carries last week. I mean, he's coming off of a more favorable last week situation than than Brees, and they both have good matchups. So, I mean, you know, we, we, we certainly would feel better about, you know, the Eagles, um, you know, winning and dominating this game. This team, this is a team on the slide. They need this home game against the Giants badly. Um, this couldn't have come at a better time. And, the I mean, the Giants have just been super susceptible um, to opposing running backs. I mean, it's been a, a fairly fantasy-friendly situation here. So, uh, yeah, let's let's sit Brees out of that group. One wide receiver, one wide receiver. Start two. Uh, one wide receiver and one wide receiver. Oh, and, and then one flex. Uh, OBJ, JSN, Zeke, Ramondre, and McKinnon. Okay. So the first thing I can say is I know this is a good matchup for JSN. I think that you could expect a decent amount of, you know, typical production like he's going to give you. He'll approximate his points per game. OBJ, I know that I do not feel great about this week. I actually looked into him to try to make a case for him as a guy that you could lean to for teams in need. I don't think that he falls into that this week. Ramondre, I'd, ha I'd have some concerns about. Then McKinnon, um, you know, is always kind of a threat to come in and contribute. For some reason, though, Curtis, I, I think that I need to do a quick little search here on McKinnon. I seem to think that he might have been banged up a little bit. I don't know if you know if that's true or not. Uh, I can, I'll, I'll validate for you here real quick. I mean, 
So the thing with McKinnon is he's really been, he's been a decent floor play. Um, yeah. but he missed he practice hasn't today really, too. Sorry. He, he hasn't provided, you know, those, those ceiling games. We haven't really seen ceiling games against, uh, the Raiders either. And the chiefs figure to be heavy favorites here. So like if, if they get into a protect the lead run mode, it's, it's probably more like CEH than McKinnon locking that down. Like, you know, unless you want to say, you know, Hey, they got their lead because of a couple short dump offs to McKinnon in the red zone, which we've seen a lot over the last couple of years, but it was the chiefs backfield, Isaiah Pacheco, the really the only big game against the Raiders by an opposing running back in the past five weeks. So, you know, I think that's uh, also worth noting. They got into a ground and pound, you know, situation there. I don't see any reason here right now to think that McKinnon would just be out. I'm going to check one more source here. Uh, Stefania Bell updated her uh, information uh, just a couple of hours ago. So let's see if she's got something. Um, There's nothing here. I mean, she's really only noting... Uh, Jacobs, Pacheco, and uh, Sky Moore at okay. this point. So you know m- maybe McKinnon wasn't uh, wasn't active today, but it doesn't look like he says it won't practice Thursday. Groin okay. tweak. Okay. So right. I mean, so yeah, maybe, like maybe, maybe keep an eye on that. Uh, but right now, I think the answer for me would be would be McKinnon over Ramondre just because he's gotten ten plus PPR four out of the past six weeks. Yep. Um, on the receiving uh, opportunity and touchdown likelihood. Okay. Let's see here. Oh, Russ or Gino. That's a simple one. That, oh. That's a classic start sit question. This is right fantastic. There. <laughs> we love this. It, it's Your not often we get these head. simple, these got simple it. ones got like it, this. Baby. All right. So we got yeah. Gino versus Russ. Given that this is a nice compact question here, we'll put them into the GLSP. You see Smith against Tennessee favored by about a point over Russ against the Patriots. Um, Russ edges him out at the very tippy top there. If you look in the above 25 buckets, Um, but across the distribution, I would say that you're seeing... Uh, there is the, there is some disparity there between Wilson and Smith. It is interesting though that Smith, despite what I would call like a worse overall distribution, has has things a little bit in his favor there. The final thing that we'll look at here, Curtis, before I let you take a stab at this, uh, you have one point six expected passing touchdowns for Russ with point two rushing touchdowns. Gino would be at one point eight passing touchdowns, point two rushing touchdowns. A little bit in Smith's favor there against Tennessee uh, from a touchdown standpoint. This one is pretty close. Do you have any thoughts before I give my opinion? Uh, my thoughts are that neither one of these guys has an awesome matchup, uh, but Russell Wilson's matchup is probably tougher. And I like Geno Smith's wide receivers more. Yep. So you're going to go with Geno as well. That's where I was headed. Yep. Yeah, I am. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Josh Pesh, eliminate one. DeAndre Swift, like Saquon Barkley, Rashad White, and David Montgomery. Okay, we're not. Okay, Rashad White's in. Um, we're not sitting him. Um, Swift, so I, I, Swift I, is I, in. So I think it's Swift really it's Barkley or Montgomery. Montgomery. So we'll, we'll do okay. we'll do a, a th- a something thorough here, and we'll put in. 
Uh, so it, we, we said it's Saquon versus um, Monty. Monty, right. So this would be very, uh, not as much in the favor of one as I was expecting. It's actually very close. You got Saquon at 11.5, Montgomery at 11. Distributions are very similar. Um, so the the way that I like to break this is we'll go and look at touchdown expectations. You'd have Saquon around 30 of his 30% of his matches getting into the end zone. You have 60% of Montgomery's against, you know, defenses like Minnesota's that would make me think about favoring Montgomery. Unless of course there is some outside context that we need to add to this, that uh, maybe you have thoughts on Curtis. Uh, the Vikings have been really stingy against opposing running backs. So I know, you know, in the GLSP, we're looking across, you know, large historical samples of similar players and similar defenses. If we just zoom in on what's been happening against the Vikings, I mean, they've allowed the the second fewest rushing attempts by opposing running backs over the past five weeks, just 15.2 running back carries uh, per game over the past five weeks. I mean, that's, that's minuscule 57 rushing yards per game allowed 3.8 yards per carry. Now they are getting absolutely just shanked in the receiving game uh, by opposing running backs. And, you know, while it's natural to say, well, hey, that sounds like Jameer Gibbs, and maybe it is true. I mean, Montgomery's had some receptions uh, as well going, uh, you know, he's had a couple games that have flowed his way there. But that being said, just like on the surface, I don't think this game sets up super well for David Montgomery. If you look at the trends and you look at how the team naturally would like to use each of those running backs. So, I mean, I, I would probably lean towards uh, Saquon over Monty and eliminate Monty here. Agreed. All right. Pick two, Jonathan Taylor, Bijan, Jordan Addison, or Amari Cooper. Okay. Um, Jordan Addison coming off of a great game. This is a very good matchup from him through a couple of lenses. Um what I think, though, we could do, I, I'd rather here take a quick look at Amari Cooper. He is facing off against a Houston defense that has been pretty tough to uh, wide receivers. You can kind of see that there's not um, a significant amount of upside for him beyond the 20 bucket. Does get 20% of his matches, though, going between 15 to 20, Curtis most heavily concentrated in the 10 to 15 bucket expected to see around four and a half reception, 66 yards, 40% of his matches finding the end zone. Uh, we've talked about Bijan here. We know he has a good outlook, um, but there are many reasons to be concerned. If we layer in Jonathan Taylor and what you might expect in his first game back, you'd be looking at, likely a worse distribution here than you're seeing for Cooper, obviously for Robinson, an average stat line that gets him to around 60 yards on 15 attempts. 30% of his matches did find the end zone. So that's kind of what we're seeing from a GLSP perspective. Anything else to layer on top of that? Yeah. The Taylor thing, I've been thinking about this all day uh, and I've heard some other people talk about it too. I mean, it gets a little tricky because Zach Moss has been a non-participant so like, even though Taylor's just coming back, I mean, like you know, he might, he might get a huge workload um, in a, in a tight game where, you know, Pittman, you know, he was a limited participant, you know, concussion, you know, so that the team could be without some other weapons. And then like, they may have to win this game on Taylor's back. So 
Like, I, I really don't want to sit Jonathan Taylor here. Um, I think this is why he's on this squad. You know, the Colts trying to stay alive here. Um, with Amari Cooper, he's got 22 targets over the past couple of weeks. He's vibing with Flacco a little bit. I, I understand the the matchup, you know, issue here. Addison blew up, you know, last week. But, you know, how good do you feel about that being projectable week to week? He is battling with Hawkinson and, and uh, is Jefferson looking good? Uh, for this week, I'm not sure if a, we have a final answer on that, but I'm, uh, I'm checking here right now. Yeah, it, um, not on the injury report. Yeah, so, so looking good there. I mean, it's just I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I kind of just want to go with the two running backs here. Mm. Um, but you know, all right. If you want an upside from one of the receivers, it sounds like your case is for Addison over over I, Cooper. No, I actually think that overall, though, I would go Cooper. Um, because okay. So Cooper and JT then? You're going to pick one and I'm going to pick one? Yeah, I think I was going to say Cooper and JT after we kind of talked it over. Okay. All right. Well, let, let's do that. And then if for some reason, you know, this this guy, you know, you get cold feet on Amari, you know, I think I'd rank it Bijan and then Addison last year. Um as, as we talk through I that. want to disagree, but I, but I don't Joe, Josh Pesky, uh, a lot of Deandre Swift. I feel, didn't we already answer this one? Swift Mont. Yeah, I think we did. I'm not sure if they dropped it in twice on accident or if it just, yeah, I think, I think we did. Oh, that I think he posted it on Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, and then also posted from his YouTube. Got it. Um, and just has slightly different usernames. So we, we got you, man. JJ money. Need one flex, one wide receiver. T. Higgins, Amari Cooper, David Montgomery, Nico Collins, half PPR. Jamar Chase already ruled out this week. Uh, T. Higgins with a huge, you're, huge. You're going uh, with Higgins. Higgins is in the game. Higgins is in the game. So, so we're picking a flex between Amari, Monty, and Nico. Um, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Amari, and too. I'm just gonna say T. T. Higgins and Amari Cooper. Yep. Yeah. Is that simple? Uh, A.B. Pittman or a Chan, if, right. if helped. Let's take a quick look at Pittman. We have not talked about him yet. Uh, as we mentioned, you do have Indianapolis heading into a matchup with Atlanta. Uh, players like Pittman, we'd expect to see over nine targets, probably around six to six and a half receptions, 66 yards, 30% of his matches finding the end zone. A pretty nice distribution for Pittman in that it's relatively flat across the buckets, but we don't see any real duds here. As a result, you have him with a good percentage of his matches landing between 15 to 25. Uh, the thing that uh, does need to be noted here, though, is we already talked about the tremendous upside for Achan, although I would argue that he probably has more downside. Um, so we'll pop him in here one last time. Look at his distribution. Of course, when you are the overall RB1 in the week's GLSP, you're going to have a pretty nice distribution. And just to add a little more context here, we see a lot of touchdown potential. 60% of his matches finding the end zone on the ground, 10% via the air. It's really hard to go away from HN here. Um, you know, we're at the point in the season, I'm going after that upside. I just think there's more for HN. I'm going to put him in the lineup. I'm good with it, man. Cosign. Uh, Gage. Sup, Rotoviz. Pick two. HN, Jonathan Taylor, Chuba, and Mixon. I'm projected to win by 20, so need a high floor. Okay. okay. 
Um, I think that helps that, that, I mean, given the other players in the backfield, you know, maybe this is a situation where, you know, we, we look at it differently. Maybe let's look at that. Let's we have a floor tool in here actually, don't we? Can't we sort our GLSP by we can. 25th percentile? Yep. So, so if we, we go often do this because people are wanting the ceiling, but we, we have a function where we can look at, you know, what, uh, what is the relative downside of each player? And we, we can run it through that way. So let's do right. it for these four. So if you do it on the 20th percentile, we still have a Chan coming in as the best running back in that metric. Uh, in my mind, I would scale it down a little bit. Um, just knowing some of the things that have gone into the model and why we're ending up there for him. But I think that's very hard to ignore. Behind him, we also see uh, Joe Mixon with a floor here of 10 PPR, one of the better ones on the week. We did see a decent amount of downside, actually, for Jonathan Taylor when we looked at him earlier, Curtis. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that I'm even factoring in Chuba here in my mind, but we will take... A look here and note that uh, with 7.6 PPR, he is the RB15 in that metric. You're looking for a high floor. I think I'm going to go here, probably mix it in a Chan. Yeah, the o- so the only thing I'm going to mention yep. uh, here, if we look at recent trends, Mixon, Mixon had eight carries for 16 yards against the Steelers just four weeks ago. Yep. Um, now... I don't necessarily think it's fair to to really crap on him too much for that because the Steelers have been, you know, pretty friendly to opposing running backs uh, in the game since they've actually allowed four running back touchdowns over the past uh, three weeks, and in all three of those weeks they allowed top twelve rushing attempts against. They also had a couple games in top ten receptions against. So uh, if you want to zoom in on that just a little bit there, Dave, I'm also going to just look up just for the fun of it. Cause we haven't pulled out the game splits app yet today. And we're answering so many questions that I always like to do that. Yep. I'm just going to look at Joe Mixon against the Steelers. Sure. So, uh, and, and, and see if that game stands out versus how he's typically, you know, performed against Tomlin. Right. So a couple of comments here across the season, Pittsburgh actually would be the second easiest or most favorable matchup, given the way that yeah. I set up the strength of schedule weird. app to do its calculations. You did see yeah. a couple of weeks back, Jerome Ford get to 12 PPR, James Connor, 22.5 Zeke at 27, Zach Moss last week at 12.3 and a lot of well, yeah, pretty good amount of green when you look through the box score stats here for those yeah. backs. Overall, I think it is a pretty good matchup. I will be curious to see and let me know when you have this the splits here on Mixon. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how far. If you if you don't include enough games, then you get this most recent game sample in there clouding it, right? So if I, if I just look at, you know, uh, this year, you know, he had eight PPR in that game against the Steelers, and he's averaging nearly 16 PPR in all other games. Uh, when you include last year, you get two more games into it. Uh, he is averaging, you know, 12.9 versus the Steelers over his last three contests and then 16.6 against all other teams. Of course, you know, that, that means last year, you know, those games are propping it up. If, once you get out to a five game sample, yeah. um, he, he's, you know, he averages his career expectation against the Steelers. Basically it's six, you know, 16 out of split 16 in split. Yep. Um, and so the, the other thing that I would add is with Jamar chase out, um, you know, we already said that that might line up nicely for T Higgins. The team could also, you know, opt to, to feature Mixon a little bit more, you know, since so the Steelers are going to focus a little bit more on you know, trying to erase Higgins, you know, maybe the Bengals will, 
or ground and pound. I don't really have a, a problem um, with the answer of a Chan uh, and Mixon. I think JT would be my backup. So if Gage listening to this, you're like, yeah, I don't know, man. Four weeks ago, Mixon laid an egg against the Steelers. Uh, I think JT would kind of be a 2B option there for me. All right, Curtis, I'm thinking that there's still questions coming in. We might do a little bit less analysis here, just kind of rapid yeah. fire these off. I did I did put a five-minute okay. warning in there. Yep. Uh, and I said, listen, guys, you've got to go just player versus player. If, you're ch- if your question's not already in the chat, then we're just going to go player okay. versus player. Okay. Um, okay. Jalen Warren, Chase Brown, or Deontay Foreman, leaning Warren. Thanks for the help. Yep. Warren. Randy Miller, Tanner Hudson, Taysom Hill, Hunter Henry, or Dallas Goddard, PPR. All right. I'm, I I do want to do one quick thing here, and I'm going to drop in. Yeah. Um, unless you have a, a, a great lean right off the bat, I do want to look at Goddard versus Hunter Henry. Yeah, those are the two that that jumped uh, forward for me. So this does favor Hunter Henry, average of 11.4 versus Goddard's 9.8. Uh, if you look at the distributions, it's also in the favor of Henry. You know, I had been kind of off of going with Henry, but I think we are seeing things functioning a little bit differently there in New England now. Um, I'm going to go Henry. I want to say Goddard, but I think I got to say Henry. All right. I am going to look at one more thing. So Goddard, Goddard has run really cold the last two weeks. I think he has 13 targets and he hasn't gotten much done with them. Okay. So now when you, when you put these together here, I mean, Henry also has 12 targets over the past two weeks and he has right. the three touchdowns. I mean, they've, I guess they've got similar roles at, at this point. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, Henry with the multi touchdown upside in any given week and Zappy really leaning on him in his two starts here recently. So I think that's fair. All right, there we go. Luke Probasco, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Bijan start two. And right. lots of people iffy on JT and Bijan this yeah, week. We haven't so, talked about Jacobs Josh yet. Josh Jacobs is on the injury report right now um yeah were he to play you're looking at an average in ppr of around 12.2 points uh that said not a tremendous amount of upside for him this week which kind of puts him into the same bucket that we saw when we talked about taylor um i'm inclined to say curtis that if they're if he does play but it looks like he is a little bit banged up i'm gonna go jt and Bijan here over jacobs yeah, I'm kind of feeling that regardless um, yeah. as well. So, uh, okay. Yeah, we're aligned there for Luke. Uh, Jonathan Santiago, sit one, Barkley, Kenneth Walker, Ty Chandler, Devin Singletary, full PPR. All right. Now, we haven't talked about Walker yet. His GLSP this week, not very friendly against the Titans. Actually, might be the worst outlook that he's had across the year i think we've made a compelling case here for singletary i think i would leave singletary in the game so it really comes down to barkley or walker and i actually think i'm probably leaning towards barkley we have chandler in there too as an option so okay the the last two weeks tennessee in three of the last four weeks they've allowed a 20 point score uh chuba hubbard raheem mostert devin singletary all got there against tennessee and walker did have a uh, big game of his own Yep. Um, last week. So I don't want to lose sight of that. So I think it, you know, throwing Chandler in the mix here too makes some sense. Okay. So Chandler's GLSP puts him at an average of around 9.9. Uh, his distribution is the heavily, 
most heavily concentrated below five. Of course, you know, some of that is getting factored in games with Madison. So the way this figures out, things tail off from there. Um, so his GLSP, you might have to think about a little bit differently. Um, who do you want? Singletary and who's, who's the other player? You make this, you make this call. Well, we get to pick two. We're sitting one. There's four oh, we're players only sitting, sitting one. one. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. I, I would, I, I don't mean, want to sit Walker, sit, but I, I would sit Chandler. I think, yeah. um, Detroit, Detroit, man, 30th, uh, and fantasy points over expectation ranked to running backs over the past five weeks, 29th and PPR allowed. Uh, 28th in rushing yards allowed, 22nd in rushing attempts, 29th in, in yards per carry. Uh, also, you know, bottom third uh, in terms of uh, matchup attractiveness for receiving work by opposing running backs, 22nd in receptions allowed, 20th in receptions or in receiving yards, just averaging 12.4 PPR allowed to the opposing team's uh, RB1 scoring uh, fantasy uh back only alvin Kamara really had uh a nice game against them in the past five weeks so given this group sitting ty chandler uh let's see here sit one oh this is jonathan again must have two teams in the semis good job um sit one monty walker chandler aaron jones aaron jones yeah aaron jones Uh, agree um michael Albani, Tua, or Kyler, six points for passing TD. All right, fun. Um, so you've got Tua. All right. Now, I have always, and I always probably will have a bias for Kyler Murray that I need to combat here. Uh, so you got Tua against the Cowboys. you got Kyler Murray against the Bears. Things favor Tua, 16.3 versus 15 in an average game. And if we look at their distributions, you're going to see that there's the largest disparity in the 15 to 20 bucket. And as a result of that, I would say it's a much better outlook overall for Tua. Also, if I control for some other factors uh, in their offenses, I would lean towards Tua here, even if you do have a banged up Tyreek Hill. And I actually don't know what Hill's status is right now, Curtis, but the answer here, I think, is Tua. Mm, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not going to push back against that. I agree. Um, I do want to go back to our Hunter Henry versus Dallas Goddard uh, sure. question from just a couple minutes ago. Um, Hunter Henry didn't practice um, and has a knee tweak. Hmm. So I'm going, I, I'm changing my answer to Dallas Goddard um, right now. Okay. Unless, unless Hunter Henry is just full cleared. So I want to go back. I don't want to say the person's name again in case they were listening to the podcast. It's Randy Miller's question. So Randy, if you're listening on the podcast here, I'm not sure if you're still on the live stream or not. Hopefully we'll get back to you here. But uh, Dallas Goddard, unless Hunter Henry is full cleared. Okay. Uh, Legacy Assault, Taylor Heineke or Mason Rudolph, or I can scratch QB. So this is a super flex question. And put in Ty J Spears, OBJ or Antonio Gibson. We're not going to, we're not going to scratch one of those quarterbacks for OBJ. Dave already kind of uh, put that up. Uh, the weakness of his matchup earlier. Uh, oh, okay. I yeah. Kind of like, uh, think uh, Heineke here. Um, but I am, I am curious. It's going to be hard to use the GLSP for either of these quarterbacks. I think. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I, 
I don't know. What are you, what are you looking at? I do at? have you... something here on Heineke, um, which, which I think is somewhat reasonable to look at, but maybe a little bit yeah. inflated. It puts him at an average of 15.6 here. But I mean, if you think about it, a line of 236 passing yards, 1.6 passing touchdowns, doesn't seem that crazy on what he might be able to do. Um, I think here though, I probably honestly, the, the Bengals have been allowing some passing yards, man. Yeah, they have, man. <laughs> I'm looking they at this have, right man. Uh, I think Mason Rudolph magic in week 16. I think that um, might be the way to go. Yeah. I, I want to um, make a case know, for Antonio Gibson, but no, you, you should go Mason Rudolph here. I, th- I think either one of these quarter. So, so I would definitely put, start one of the quarterbacks. Okay. So I think we'll go there first. Um, I don't think that Mason Rudolph is going to be in a situation where, I mean, they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to bench him and put and pull Trubisky back in. So if right? Trubisky I mean, were you, playing, you already watched that movie. Yeah. So similar outlook for Trubisky. Um, a little bit in favor there of Heineke if you thought that their GLSPs were ones that you could use and you thought that you could assign Trubisky to Rudolph. So so here's the other thing. I mean, we, we were talking about it on the other side of the matchup with the Steelers and the Bengals a couple of minutes ago on Joe Mixon. They did just play four weeks ago. So Kenny Pickett did play that game. It was the first game post-Matt Canada, I think. And he, mm-hmm. it, that's, you know, it was 24-33 for 278 yards. He just didn't throw a passing touchdown in that, that game. So, I mean, I think that the Steelers, the current iteration of the Steelers offensive uh, brain trust did figure out a way uh, to find the holes in the, in the Cincinnati uh, passing defense in that game. And I mean, we've seen it hold over the past couple of weeks, even Nick Mullins had a 300 yard game against them um, last week. So yeah, I I'll, listen, man, you're rolling. The, I, I'm sorry to say, I mean, <laughs> these are these are five kind of iffy options for the semifinals here. So, I mean, not, none of them are slam dunks. I, I'll take Mason Rudolph's ceiling here, man, and you're trying to get to the championship game. Yep. All right, and then Luke dropped a couple of helpful notes for us here. Hunter Henry likely won't play. That is a huge bummer. And then Hill practiced in full today. Uh, one PPR, Barkley or Gibbs. I'm going Gibbs there. Not much hesitation. Agree. And then final one, man, we're, we're bringing it home in the 50th minute of start sit Garrett Wilson oh or Chris Olave. All right. So, uh, I will and, look and at tough one. Olave here a little bit more in depth. So Wilson average in the GLSP here, 14.7 Chris Olave though, an average of 17.1 The GLSP does give him a pretty significant lean when you consider some of the higher end distribution and also uh, you know, a pretty good outlook overall for Olave with 19% of his matches going beyond 25 and, and an wanna, average and an average here of 17 points in the GLSP for a wide receiver is a pretty significant total. The final piece that I'll lay on here is because I did say it's a good matchup for Wilson and I'm not going to head towards saying that you should play Wilson, but I do want to look at Olave's matchup. It's an average matchup against the Rams. I think one of the things that I noted uh, when working through the article this week was that New Orleans tends to move its receivers around and across the formation. This does give Olave a couple of points to pick up, perhaps on some of the weaknesses that you might see in the Rams defense. I think that I would go here uh, Olave pretty confidently. The, the You can't find, um, <laughs> there's not much other than bright green uh, in the NFL uh, stat explorer for Olave in this matchup. 
uh, against the Rams. Rams fourth most PPR allowed to opposing wide receivers, third most EP allowed to wide receivers, uh, number number one um, and fantasy points over expectation. Uh, or se- sorry, sorry, one seventeenth and and fantasy points uh, over expectation rank over the past five weeks. But I mean, geez. First in targets allowed to the position, ninth in receptions allowed to the position, fourth in receiving yard. I mean, it's just it's pretty much a green light uh, yeah. here. Now that's that's to opposing position groups. It's less sensitive than your uh, passing game matchup rater tool uh, for Alave specifically. But there's just been nothing but you know pure fantasy production against this Rams defense from opposing passing attacks, and the Saints you know desperately need uh, Alave to get back to form here uh, this week. Huge, huge situation for him. So. Um, yeah, man. Wow. This is fast and furious. Huge, huge response to the week 16, uh, start sit. I am, I'm really impressed, uh, with all of the, uh, semifinal matchups and live teams that we've got here that we would have such an overwhelming response to a 4 PM pop-up start sit show on yep. a Thursday. So Adam, uh, Adam, you're going to sit. Oh, Adam, not one more. Adam, you're you're gonna sit Eckler and Bijan. Sit Eckler and Bijan. Uh, I think that's yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, with the with the quarter. It was Bijan or Breeze, but yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do. But yeah, appreciate everybody. This was awesome. I also appreciate everybody getting in questions via uh, email ahead of things because sometimes you know yep. it's hard for us to figure things out, and it's nice to have questions uh, in case we can't get on and do things live. You guys are the best, man. Make you, you make uh, you make podcasting every week fun. We love the engagement, um, and you know, hopefully, we'll see some of the same engagement. If, if if you're already out, okay, if you're already out of your redraft scenario and you're on the sidelines and you're just listening to this on the podcast, you're probably not degenerate enough to watch our live stream show if you don't have a team live this weekend. But uh, start thinking about those dynasty squads. We'll, we'll get into a lot of these types of conversations. Um, and, and that element of the the fantasy game, you know, here in a couple of weeks. So uh, best of luck in your matchups, all, all the good vibes, all the positive juju uh, to your rosters, except if you are playing Dave or me. And with that, we're signing off. All right. Enjoy your holidays, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 